Welcome to Insights into Success, where with your host Paul Dodds, we hope to educate, inspire and motivate you to achieve your own personal success. We talk to guests from all around the world from a variety of walks of life to hear the realities of their own journey to success. What challenges have they faced, how they cope with failure and what have been the keys or will be the keys to their own success. In our Read to Succeed interviews, we talk books that have inspired our guests and for some, they share their secrets to marketing success. Join us as we give you insights into success. All right, well, welcome back to Insights into Success, where today the theme is Read to Succeed. And our recent guest, Fraser, uh, has agreed to stay on and share with us uh, a few books that have inspired him. So, Fraser, take it away. <laughs> I, know, I know you love reading, so take I it do. away and tell us about some of these books that have inspired and motivated you in your career so far. Okay, so the first one is it's not very, very well known. I think it was only sold by mail order, but it's a book that really started me on my entrepreneurial, my main entrepreneurial journey because I read it when I was still a lawyer and it gave me the confidence to leave the law and pursue my own business. And it's um, a book called the Midas Method by a chap called Stuart Goldsmith. Um, oh, wow. And I read this back in probably the 90s. And it really did um, make me aware that we're all capable of so much more than we think we are. And we can set goals that are so much higher than we think. Um, it taught me that most successes is down to 80% mindset. And really only 20% um, what you actually do your strategy and implementation so in terms of setting goals it was very very influential i said it literally put me on my entrepreneurial journey gave, gave me the confidence to to leave um, my job as a lawyer and wow. i've never heard of that Bob. no you probably wouldn't have said it was only sold by mail order i believe you can buy it on various websites at the, at the moment um so yeah that, that really got me started so that was highly influential and coincidentally contains a lot of the lessons that now I'm a, a, a kind of um, business success consultant with Bob Proctor's organization a lot of the lessons that Bob taught us and we now teach other people are yeah. pretty much contained in that book that I read many 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 years ago um, and if you uh, read the book again like uh, you're the sort of person if you read a book you'll read it again lots of times or or not I've read that again recently yeah um a lot of it to as part of research for the book i'm writing as well so um right. i went back through that and kind of started started making notes from it to help me with writing my book so yeah, yeah. it's really, really good i'd almost forgotten about it um yes I, I do read um books time and time again in fact i've reread this one several times this is by a woman called ayn rand who you've presumably heard of heard of ayn rand yeah it's called the fountainhead um that's a novel um, not a not a business book as such. It's a novel, and it's about an architect called Howard Rourke, who is probably the most single-minded person you've ever encountered oh, in, okay. in life or in literature. Um, and the reason that I say that is influential is, I think in in the interview I talked about how I let people deter me from my burgeoning career as a young mag magician. Yeah, <laughs> Howard Rourke in this book is. You know, he, he he just doesn't listen to anybody else. He is, he is just totally authentically himself. He goes through a lot of suffering because he refuses to compromise. Um, and he just has a vision and he, he follows that vision through. And he's an absolutely amazing character. 
and I was. Uh, do you have a version of Dragon's Den? Do you know what Dragon's Den is? So I was actually on Dragon's Den. Um, oh in wow! The, the UK, um, which was an interesting experience, shall we say? It was to raise money for the company I was already running that we'd we'd raise money for. Now I knew because it was a tech, it was a prop tech company or fintech company. Yeah. I knew we could raise a lot of money on a high valuation because that's the way those things are valued. I also knew that going on to Dragon's Den, they would absolutely ridicule the valuation I was putting on the company. Yeah. But it gave us the opportunity to get in front of 2 million people and tell them what yeah. we did. And oh, wow. from that perspective, it worked very well. We Our website crashed. We had so many visitors to find out what we did um opinions to how i did on the show were divided some people i got hate mail about it really <laughs> I literally wow. got hate mail saying oh you and your stupid hair and your stupid suit who do you think you are and all this sort of stuff um oh, you're wow. an absolute idiot and then i had other people come up to me we were in london the next week for an exhibition and people literally coming up to me on the street or in the exhibition and recognizing me and shaking my hand and going, wow, you did so well there on that, on that show. You really showed them. Um, and I, I, the reason I bring this book up was because I was channeling Howard Rourke when I was on that show. I knew it'd be very, very uncomfortable. Yeah. And I just decided I was reading the book in the green room, I was in there for about 11 hours before we finally got taken through to the TV studio. And I was reading that book and I thought, no, I'm going to act like Howard Rourke would act in that show. I'm going to be completely yeah. calm. I'm not going to let what they say affects me in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Um, and I did that by and large. It was really successful from that perspective because what they were saying to me, I could have got very, very angry about and lost my temper very, very, oh, wow. easily, very, very easily. And I... My, my business partner the next day like shook my hand and said, I can't believe you managed to keep your temper, especially things I, <laughs> I do have a tendency not to do that. Um, so, yeah, that was very, very influential. This is a fantastic um, book in all of itself, as is um, her kind of follow-up to that, which is called Atlas Shrugged, which is a book I've bought about 30 copies of for various people um, throughout my time. So that was very influential. Can I, um, now, before you come to the next book, I'm, I'm going to not let you go on before I ask you a little bit more about Dragon's Den, because that, that's, <laughs> I didn't know that, and that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I can't okay. that out of <laughs> so, so we, we do get the English Dragon's Den. I don't necessarily know them by name, because I haven't watched it that much, but who was the worst dragon? Um, well, there were two that were particularly bad in different ways. Um. I mean, Peter Jones was just completely dogmatic. Yeah, um, I know who he is. He's the really yeah, tall yeah. one. Yeah, I mean, I was okay. We went on there looking for a million, um, a million pound investment based on a valuation of twenty million, which is the highest valuations anyone has ever placed on a company in Dragon's Den. I knew we weren't going to get it. That's not why we went on the show. But he just wouldn't yeah. listen to the rationale. And the fact of the matter was we did i knew i could raise that money on that valuation in fact three months after the show we did go out and raise that money on that valuation so i knew i could do it i knew they wouldn't give it as though but that's not yeah. why we're on the show the yeah. worst one was um one of the female entrepreneurs on there i can't even remember her name but i believe she had a chain of restaurants in london she was just ridiculous she was like laying into me because when she said well I basically said that, you know, well, I have other investors I know will invest at this level. 
and she ripped into me. She's going, well, what do you mean you've got other investors? I've never been so insulted in my life. Why do you come on this show if you've got other people who will invest? I'm like, I just couldn't even understand her point of view. It was like, <laughs> what, do you, do you think I'm coming here on bended knee, cap in hand, and you're my only option? And I just didn't yeah, understand. Yeah. She seemed yeah. to be highly insulted. Or, you know, they, they play it up for television. But yeah, yeah. we adopted this stance that she was insulted because I had other options to raise money rather than these five people sitting in front of me. So she was just an absolute idiot, quite frankly. And Peter and Peter Jones just did what Peter Jones does. I mean, it was, you know, that's what I expected. It just wasn't very comfortable. Yeah. I, I think you're incredibly brave to have done that. I think that would have been really daunting to do that. Yeah, especially things I, I, I wasn't going on there thinking with high hopes they were actually going to get me. I knew I would get ripped to pieces. In yeah. Fact, I can't believe I did it. Quite frankly, oh, good on you. <laughs> you know what? I can't. I I I get sick. I can't. I have to turn Dragon's Den off if, if even if yeah. I see a trailer for it now. It just brings back flashbacks of memories. And in fact, to be honest, the way they edited it, um, I came. Uh, you know, was was quite decent. It was a lot more difficult actually going in there. You go in there, and you're basically standing on a. A, a kind of piece of tape x marked in there you've got about 20 people in the dark on your left hand side all the cameramen and people like that yeah it's so really and then you're just in front of these five people staring at you with all these lights shining in your face and it is immensely intimidating and as i said yeah. if i hadn't been if i hadn't been um channeling old howard rourke from the fountainhead i would have um done a lot worse than what people think <laughs> i did anyway <laughs> oh well good on you for that i'm impressed Anyway, back to books. Um, what's your yeah. next one? Um, I think from a mindset perspective and just really learning to enjoy life, there's a book by Richard Carlson called Slowing Down to the Speed of Life. Okay. Um, and I came across this, I don't know, many, many years ago now, and it just really resonated in terms of not judging other people, um, not getting het up about things and just slowing down because in the, in the modern world we are all rushing around in the hope of this that the future is somehow going to be better than today and just yeah. forgetting to enjoy the moment and it moment. it really really helped me kind of become calmer um and more peaceful and kind of strive for a more simple life really um i mean I mean, I'm terrible. I actually get annoyed when people buy me things these days. So I'm like, I don't need any stuff. I have got so much. I've just got more than I know. The only thing I like to spend money on is art and books. I'm, right. you know, I, I've got more than enough clothes. I don't need any clothes. I don't want anything else, and I don't want people to buy me stuff. Um, so yeah, it just it just really kind of helped resonate with what well, resonated with me that happiness is about working on yourself and achieving a sense of peace and calm within yourself rather than having a nice new car or a big house or whatever yeah and it really brought that message home so that was good um one of the most useful business books i've ever come across i i i'm not sure i've actually read this book but i've listened to the audio version of it many yeah. times it's a book called the compound effect by darren hardy um, and there's also another book called The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson, which is essentially the same message. And it's it's essentially about how business is not about coming up with a fantastic idea and being really creative and brilliant. It is about 
doing consistent actions every day, day in, day out. And as you do those actions day in, day out, you will gather momentum and that will lead to a successful business. And that kind of goes against my natural personality, but listening to that book time and time again, really got the message through that, you know, you do have to do things consistently. You do have to develop the right habits and that's what leads to success. So um, that compound effect was very, very influential. And I think a great lesson for anyone and um, really powerful lessons for anyone starting business. Yeah. Um, I'll just touch on that. The magic of thinking big. I think I mentioned in our interview that why why try and get a 25 grand contract when you can get a half a million pound contract the only thing stopping you is what you believe is possible and yeah, it's no, more no more difficult so think big set big inspirational goals because they they they're what they are what motivates you to get up in the morning and work towards them don't think small think big and yeah. um, that again it's another lesson um that i teach people is set what we call C-type goals, which are those massive goals. You don't know how you're going to get there. That's not the point. Um, I think it was Steve Jobs who said you can only ever connect the dots looking backwards, not looking forwards. Yeah, you so set, yeah. set Massive goals. And one of my clients really encapsulated this. He set himself big goals that he'd been afraid to set himself before. Um, did some really good coaching with him. Set himself big goals and he said, once he set himself these goals, it was like synchronicity. The people that he needed to achieve those goals started to come into his life almost by magic. Um, events started to happen. He could never have imagined happening because he'd set themselves these big goals. So I think that's a really important lesson. That, that was a very inspirational book. Um, I think Ken Blanchard and Ken Johnson have written a couple of books I really like. One was called Raving Fans, which is goes on about what we talked about previously about the um, secret to building successful businesses to create real value for people, um, yeah. customers and, and your staff. Yeah. And create a really kind of nurturing culture for your staff. Um, and this book helps you do that, The One Minute Manager. I bought copies of this for all my staff um, at the house crowd and make sure they, they read it. So they understood where I was coming from and to get the heads of department to implement the, the lessons in this book in there as well. And we really managed to create a great culture in that company, um, partly as a result of, of this book. And it's all about giving people um, responsibility, making them come up with the solutions to the problems, um, rather than just asking asking for what they uh, asking their manager what they should do. Yeah, I think that's great. I read another book called Delivering Happiness by Tony Shea, which the same, same principle is in that, um, you know, if you give people autonomy, um, it's one of the key drivers of happiness. People feel they're in control of their own life. And if you, yeah. you do that, and this book teaches you how to do that and guide them, but leaving them a great deal of autonomy um, leads to a happier, um, kind of happier staff and happier environments. So that was good. Um, I like this one because it, it's really in line with my kind of whole, in fact, it probably inspired me to come up with the title of the Spiritual Entrepreneur Blueprint for my podcast is How to Be a Buddhist Millionaire. And again, it's about it's about following your passion. It's not about making money. It's about following your passion, doing good in the world, and the money will follow. So that's a nice little read by Matt Jardine. Huh? 
And then finally, not that I haven't got lots of other books <laughs> yeah. uh, that I could talk about. I think you probably gathered I could talk about them endlessly. But um, this is one that we um, were taught and recommended to read, or made, not made to read, but told to read on my training with the Proctor Gallagher um, Institute to become a business success consultant. It's called Psycho-Cybernetics by Dr. Matswell Maltz. Now, it was it sold millions and millions of copies this it was written in the the 1960s i believe and wow. dr maltz was a plastic surgeon and what he came to realize was that when people came to see him he would sometimes alter their nose or their chin or whatever it was that they had an issue with and not only would their physical appearance change but their whole personality would change they would become more confident they would see themselves in a different light and then in other cases he would make very significant changes to somebody's face or what have you and they couldn't even tell that they that their physical appearance had changed and there was no change in their personality oh, and he wow. came to realize that we have two images the images that we project to the outside world and our internal self-image and this book is really all about how to tap into the power of your subconscious mind um, to alter your self-image because one of the lessons that it teaches is you can never outperform your self-image. So the self-image you have for yourself dictates the success and the results um, that you get in every area of your life. It's, it's like having a, thermo a thermostat essentially. So your thermostat is set to a certain level. So if we use it in relation to how much money you earn, for example, and this is, I, I've experienced this time and time again, it's been evidenced by my own clients, my own life. Um, you, you, if you have a self-image that you're, because of all the experiences you've had in your life, that you are capable of earning $100,000 a year, for example. Yeah. You, by and large, if you have that image of yourself as someone who earns $100,000, by and large, maybe fluctuate 10, 20% year in, year out, you will earn $100,000. And it's not until you change your self-image and realize you're capable of much more than that will you ever be able to earn more than $100,000. So I said it's like a thermostat. You set it to, say, 70 degrees. Yeah. Someone opens a door, there's a blast of cold air, the thermostat drops, but it kicks in the boiler or the heating system, and it brings it back up to that 70-degree level. And likewise, if it goes too high, you will self-sabotage and bring yourself back down to that level. So that is a very, very powerful book. It teaches you how to improve your self-image, um, how to, to create a more positive, confident image, how to set and achieve worthwhile goals, um, develop compassion and self-respect, and um, really just, you know, help you develop a, a happier and more successful life. So I would highly recommend that. That is a really, really powerful book so wow. i could go on but that's probably yeah. to want to bore people to death <laughs> no that's amazing it's a lot of books here i've never heard of before either so okay my next question is how often do you read oh all the time i mean just every day i mean i read i mean i i, I fluctuate between um kind of novels and self-development books but i read something every, every day I and mean, i think trouble is when i get into a novel like a john connolly novel i read it before but I, I found it on my kindle um and started reading it again on sunday and once i get into a book 
everything else goes out the window. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, it's a like, if it's a novel like that, um, I didn't put it down. I, mean, I, I, I yeah, I, my, my meditation and what have you went out the window for a couple of mornings. So I spent two hours, two yeah. hours re reading that for the next couple of days till I finished it. So yeah, re reading pretty much every day. Normal, and, normal. And in normal terms of your reading, do you just read one book at a time or do you read multiple no. books at a time? No, I'd, I'd probably read one novel at a time, but I've got various different kind of self-development or business books going at any one time. I mean, at the moment on my Kindle, I'm, I'm reading something about how, how to be more confident on, on camera, um, reading Vishen Lakhiani's um, new book. Um, well, not, not his new book. It's I think it's, um, what's it called? Power of a, oh, oh, power of the extraordinary mind. Reading that, reading something by Brian Scott on the reality revolution, um, and probably several others. I sometimes forget that I'm reading some books, and I'm kind of also constantly reading, dipping in and out of that as well as many people are thinking. Grow rich by Napoleon Hill, which I. I often listen, I go for a walk every morning at like five in the morning when there's no one else around and normally have um, an audio book on, which is usually that or um, Bob Proctor's You Were Born Rich, which is a, a great one um, as well. So yeah, normally several different things at a time. So my next question, which you've kind of answered anyway, it seems like you do a bit of everything, but was what was your style of reading? Like, do you prefer physical books, Kobo, Kindle, audio books? It kind of sounds like you do the lot. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, my, my wife, well, she likes a Kindle, but what she doesn't like about it is she can't see what other people are reading. <laughs> so she, she's, she's a lot nosier than I am. She likes to see what people are reading on holiday or when, yeah, um, when you're on the tube in London or what have you. So I like Kindles because they're one, they're really convenient. And especially if you're going on holiday, you know, half my suitcase used to be taken up by books. So a Kindle's an absolute godsend. You can take everything away with you. You can buy more books when you're away, when if you run out. Um, and it's great as well for highlighting things that you can then email to yourself. Um, but there's something, there's just something irreplaceable about having a hard copy of a book. I mean, I, I've got lots of books I've got on Kindle and hard copy as well. Yeah. Um, I like having them on my shelves. I like being able to look at them. So if you're on a Kindle as well, you often forget what you've got. So I like having them on the shelves. I like looking at them. And um, there's there's pros and cons of each, really. Um, so, yeah, a mixture of both. And then you do obviously do a little bit of audio as well from time to time. Yeah. No, I do, normally when I'm walking with, with audio books, yeah, or in the car. And do you keep a log of all the books that you've read at all? No. Um, no, I'm, I'm not that organised. <laughs> I, I would like to. I'm not either, but I'd like to because I'm not. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to because my um, my clients now are saying, "Well, have you got what books have you, would you recommend and stuff?" So I am actually going to do something akin to this exercise and kind of do do a short review of all the most influential books. I think so I can make that available yeah. to my clients. So it is it's something I, I perhaps will do quite shortly, but not. I've never done it for my own my own benefit. Yeah. And what's your uh, uh, recollect, recollection ability like? You know, how good are you at remembering, you know, key details and books okay. years later? So this story will illustrate that. I um, I bought a book on how to improve your memory recently. This is a joke. <laughs> 
realized once I bought it, I'd already bought it several years before. <laughs> and only read parts of it. Um, my, so, you asked for a refund on that one. Yeah. Um, what's my recollection like? Pretty good, I would say. Um, not always on titles and what what I've read, but the, the essence of the lessons is, right. especially if it's resonated with me. I mean, it's the same with anything. You, you remember things you have an emotional connection with. So, for instance, this John Connolly book I, I started reading on Sunday that I just found, I, I recognised quite quickly. I'd read it before several years ago and had a fairly good idea of what happened in the book. But he's got such a great writing style that I thought I'd read it again anyway. And it's the, it's the old saying, I suppose, that when you read a book again, you, you see different things in it because you're a different person than the first time you, re you read it. So it's always worth rereading things. Um, how much I recall of things I've read very much depends upon how much they resonated with me the first time, I guess. Same yeah. yeah. And so for you, I gather reading's an important, integral part of your life. Um, is it do you do it just for pleasure? Do you do it for a mix of pleasure, educational? What, what what's your motivation? Well, it's both. I enjoy, I enjoy learning. I think don't think if I if I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't do it just just to learn because I thought I had to. Yeah. I really enjoy it. I mean, it puzzles me. I mean people don't seem to like reading these days or they, you know, they like read their attention spans. And I think, I, I think this has happened to me as well. Our attention spans have got shorter, um, probably as a result of the internet and social media and telephones and being constantly distracted. Um, but no, I, I, I do enjoy it. I've always enjoyed reading, reading. That's one of the things my wife and I have in common. She reads even more than me. Um, I mean, Christ, you should see her, our bedroom. It's just stacked. It's just stacked with books everywhere. And she keeps going to the library and borrowing more and buying more. And <laughs> she can't really get through them all. I think she, um, I mean, let's put it this way. They know her name in the local library. <laughs> <laughs> Very well. She must be their most frequent customer. Right. Oh, well, good on here. All right, Fraser. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to come back to um, Read to Succeed. You've given me an incredible list of books to uh, add to a website and uh, share with others. So um, it's always good to get other people's perspective on books to read. And you've certainly given us um, uh, some unique books to, to um, contemplate reading. So thank you so much for that. And thank you for sharing your time with us and, and uh, all your experiences and your knowledge. So uh, really appreciate your time. You're welcome. It's been great. Really, really enjoyed talking to you.